Welcome to a special in the Money Players podcast edition. This is for Keeneland's Pick 6 carryover on Thursday afternoon. Nick Tamaro here joined by Blake Jesse to cover this sequence. Blake is going to be en route shortly to Keeneland. Blake, what better way to kick off the final three days of the meet than with an enormous carryover of better than 250 grand? Oh, and great weather to boot, Nick. So, yeah, um, really uh, pumped up for this sequence today. I uh, can't wait to get into it. This is always a no BS zone, so no more BSing. Let's get right into the sequence, which begins in race number four. That's going to be at about 2.36 Eastern time. Again, races four through nine for the pick six today. The opening leg is a maiden auction event, $70,000 purse going seven furlongs on the main track. Blake, we have a little overlap between... Uh, a horse that is favored in this race that was also favored in a $150,000 maiden claimer yesterday. That's the two up on the edge who I think when all is said and done is going to end up going off a pretty solid favorite. This one has failed twice before as a beaten favorite. Are you with up on the edge to get this thing started or are you looking elsewhere? Um, I will be using up on the edge. I don't see up on the edge as a single. Um, what I do like about her is that they put the blinkers on last time. And uh, she certainly stepped it up, um, you know, quite a bit in the, uh, you know, figure department. So, um, with that being said, definitely got a user. Uh, there's, you know, quite a bit of, uh, you know, parity in this field, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, contention goes deep. Uh, I'm going to be using several to try to get this started. Uh, the firster from the Rail Fluid uh, for Riley Mott. Uh, another firster for Brad Cox, the Five Horse Guest of Honor. Uh, another one I've, I'll be using is a uh, second time uh, starter. The seven princess is Olivia. Um, you know, just kind of ran, uh, you know, I would say meh a little bit in that first start. Um, you know, broke decent, but didn't really have the punch to go on with it in the lane, but certainly picked up some uh, education in that spot. Uh, the other horse that I'm interested in here is the 12 classy and connected. Uh, they've been taking their time with this one and uh, just feels like this one just keeps taking a little bit of a step forward each time. So uh, the 12 is my top selection in here. But like I said, contention goes deep and uh, I'm going to be using uh, quite a few to get, you know, get going here. Yeah, we've seen in terms of classy and connected, the runners from the Tom Drury barn taking a lot of money. Um, he's a, a trainer that but still slips under the radar a little bit, but obviously hits at a pretty high percentage. This filly ran well at second asking, getting into a little late trouble. Not really anything, I think, that affected her finishing position, but that is a horse who I think you could embrace a bit. I thought that uh, that up on the edge would be pretty tough. Felt like Princess's Olivia was another alternative, so we are on pretty much the same page in that opening leg. Second leg is race five at a mile on turf. These are a three-year-old and up, made in special weight runners, and it looked like another situation where I don't know if the horse is going to be a relatively heavy favorite, but isn't Red River Magic just way loose in this race on paper? It certainly feels like it, Nick. Um, that maiden at Churchill has proven to, uh, you know, be a pretty solid race. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do feel like Red River Magic is a place uh, where, um, you know, we can hitch our wagon in this sequence and, uh, you know, try to get through on the single here with Red River Magic. I thought similarly. I felt like it was a good good opportunity to take a stand in a sequence with a lot of tough spots. I mean, Skip to the Beat is a horse coming over from two starts in Ireland for Brian Lynch. His barn is ice cold at the meet. And um, and this filly didn't really run against much overseas in terms of the alternatives. You look through them, I guess there'll be some support for excellent question. 
from the barn of Brendan Walsh. Not really much of an effort last time out. Did get into a little early trouble. Not sure how much it mattered. Flavian Pratt takes over the one. Lady Emily Catherine, who was 5-2 to two in the race at Excellent Question, comes out of and didn't run very well. So I felt like all signs pointed to Red River Magic being pretty tough on the front end. My, all, my opinion as well is with the rail at 30 feet, I felt like yesterday there was a major advantage to being forwardly placed. It just, it felt like there were not a lot of moves made from deep in the pack. Um, I don't want to say it was a speed bias, but I do think there's an advantage to being a little forwardly placed on the turf. Did you feel that way at all? I did actually. And Keeneland, you know, being, I've been going there for about 20 years now. Um, you know, when the rail gets out there, it, it always, you know, has, has a favoritism towards the speed. So, um, it's something to keep your eye on, certainly. Third leg is race six at a mile and a 16th once around the dirt oval. And we've got $30,000 maiden claimers in here. Number four, Mena, who I'm assuming is named for the late jockey Miguel Mena for uh, Brad Cox is going to be one of the choices. Bet down to three to one on debut in a maiden special weight event. Now takes the big drop. The six aspiring comedian, which perhaps Michael Poli named after himself, uh, is going to be uh, one that gets plenty of support as well. Where did you land here, Blake? Yeah, this is a tough spot to, uh, you know, come up with a strong opinion. So I'm going to be using several in here. I'm going to start with a, a horse that's actually a firster here for the rail, uh, Master of the Night for John Ennis. Um, you know, this guy can pop up on you, you know, from time and time again here at Keeneland. Um, this one's working out over at the training center, and he's bringing in his barn rider, Tommy Hurd. So uh, I'm going to throw this one on the ticket and perhaps, uh, you know, light something up here i will use mana um you know just kind of an obvious use uh you know the biggest drop in racing maiden special weight to maiden claiming uh the six aspiring comedian another one um you know it did its best running over the dirt and getting a big class reduction here so got to use that one uh the other horse i want to use is the eight uh, metronome um a trainer that i don't know much about but uh is winning some races from uh, the few starters he has thomas malloy uh, this claim this one for 20 off Owen Hardy. So uh, this one has a little bit of a look to me getting the blinkers today. And then the last one I'm going to use is the 11 Magical Monarch. And, you know, I don't have anything, uh, you know, any info on this one, nothing on the clocker. But uh, was 7-1 to one in that first start at Ellis uh, for Mark Cassie. Uh, didn't do much running, but the, it was a sloppy track, and we're getting a big uh, uh, class drop today. Uh you know, going in for a new trainer, Kent Sweezy. So I'll, I'll throw that one on the ticket and see if uh, Kent uh, catch some value in this race. One, four, six, eight, and 11 to try to get it through. Yeah, I like it. I didn't didn't have uh, many different thoughts than that. One horse I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out there who's going to be a huge price that maybe isn't much more than a placing chance, but the nine lead foot ran some races in his first three starts that would make him competitive here from a speed figure perspective. I have no idea what happened last time. I know it was a fast paced race. He showed absolutely nothing. He showed nothing to back when he was six to one against the, the maiden auction types. But this is a horse who you could see kind of slugging it out down the stretch at 30 or 40 to one and wonder maybe what was overlooked and look at those first three races and say, yeah, you know what? They're as fast as basically anything anybody in here has ever run. So just give a little bit of a look to Leadfoot, maybe a, a type to use as a backup backup, uh, depending on your budget. That is in leg number three. The fourth leg is race seven at a mile and a 16th on the turf, a two life allowance race. I thought it was uh, a pretty competitive and uh, deep group here going postward. Blake, where did you land here? 
Um, you know, this is a very tough race, and um, you know, I, I, my top selection. You know, I'm not real thrilled about it. Got a tough post to deal with, and that's the 12. Please advise. Um, you know, I've been waiting for this one to stretch out, so we're gonna get the shot to do it today. I just hope the you know Louis able to work out a um, a good trip from that you know from that wide draw. Uh, with that being said, the other one that um, I'm gonna be using on my A line is the one tough little nut. Um, you know, Chris Block debuted this one at Hawthorne and, uh, you know, it broke its maiden there. He, uh, took it to Kentucky Downs for the juvenile, uh, was a, you know, 10 to one price in there. And this horse ran a, a pretty darn good race. Um, you know, albeit there was a fast pace, uh, in front, you know, was able to pick up the pieces and, uh, beat a few nice horses in doing so. So going to use one and 12 as my A's here. Um, the other uh, horses that I'm going to, you know, back up with Nick on my uh, backup tickets would be the two Blue-Eyed George. Um, I'm just going to put a line through that last race. You know, a lot of times uh, these horses go over to Kentucky Downs and uh, just look at it as a big open field and don't really uh, agree with it. So uh, just put a line through that one and perhaps this one will, you know, come back with a better, uh, uh, performance today. So you're going to use the two as a backup. And then the other horse I'll use as a backup is the eight legal Titan. Um, Michael Ann Ewing, uh, doesn't have a lot of horses, but this one seems to be, uh, you know, improving with each start and, uh, you know, there's not a, a killer in here, so to speak. So, um, legal Titan is one that I'll uh, use on the backup ticket. What was your take on the, on the 10 fortune seller, a horse that uh, that ran well, breaking the maiden two back at Presque Isle, came back at fifty-two to one, and I thought all things considered, ran a credible race in the Bourbon last time. Getting involved in that really hot pace that completely fell apart late is this one likely to be a pace casualty? I mean, it feels like they're going to move in the early stages. Well, that's that's where I'm have. I I mean, I do have uh, you know Fortune Seller as a nice horse, but in this situation, you got Code Omaha. Um, you know, a horse that uh, debuted for Jonathan Thomas on the turf, uh, sprinting on the turf at Indiana, went wire to wire. Um, you know, their picture. You know, there should be some, uh, you know, some good pace. They should get down there on time in here. And I, I just don't see how this one can work out a, a trip where it's able to go 24 and a piece, 49 to the half, and um, you know, sprint home. I, I, I can't see it getting that trip in here. So I, I decided to side against. I'm in agreement. Race eight is the penultimate leg, about seven furlongs, the beard course on the uh, main track. We've got maiden special weight runners in here, and uh, nobody let me know yesterday that Brad Cox was debuting a potential Kentucky Oaks winner. Uh, hopefully he's not doing that with the one Charleston. Of course, it wouldn't be the Oaks. It would be the Derby. The son of Tapature who drew the rail a homebred. Uh, competitive field here, Blake. I, I made a very slight morning line favorite, the 11. Stop the press who went for a million and a half dollars. Shook McGahee's barn has definitely heated up since uh, getting down to Kentucky. Although I, I do, I will admit this is a bit of a spotty work tab. See, I make these lines a week in advance. Not that I need to go on a big rant about making excuses for myself. I assumed this horse was going to work again. He And so on my PPs, he has not. Has he worked since October 11th? Yeah, he worked October 20th. And did he work? Okay. <laughs> he went 48 and one from the gate fastest of 55. Okay. So then I think I feel better about my three to one morning line favoritism on a horse that they obviously paid a fortune for. Uh, what do you think of Stop the Press and everybody else? Well, you know, this is a race where, um, I'll be honest with you, Nick, I am going to have some, you know, quite a few bodies in here to close. Um, this is a race where I, I just, you know, 
I've got an opinion. Um, the Clocker Report has been touting a, a horse in here um, for the last, you know, three weeks. It's been trying to get in. It was on the AEs. Um, it was just been having a bear of time drawn into a race, and that's the 10 Higginsville for Chris Hartman. Um, definitely want to use 10 um, in this spot. Uh, others that I'm going to be using, kind of Captain Obvious here, the rail for Brad Cox, Charleston. Um, another one, Warp 9 for Kenny McPeak. Uh, this one was going a mile and a 16th last time and woke up, uh, ran a decent race, put in a you know a real good middle move, and now we're cutting back to seven panels here. So has a little bit of intrigue to me. We'll use that one. Uh, the other, Brad Cox, first through the five, Rocketeer. Uh, definitely want to use that one. Wouldn't be surprised if he scratches one of those two. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, another one you want to use is no judgment, um, ran a, you know, a, a very good race in debut, um, against a horse named stretch ride, uh, who's already come back to be a stakes winner for uh, Dale Romans. So got to use no judgment. Um, like I said, the 10 Higginsville is going to be on my ticket. Uh, the 11 stop the press, uh, you know, another captain obvious as we have already spoke about him going to have him on my ticket and I'll, I'll have the 12 on my ticket D day sky, a horse that debuted on the turf and did no running, but, um, you know, looks like could be a decent horse, uh, was meant to be a decent horse, uh, at one time. So we're going to, we're going to use one, three, five, eight, 10, 11, 12 to try to close this thing out next. Yeah, I like it. Um, I was going to bring up no judgment. Glad you did. The runbacks from his last race have been very, very good. The winner stretch ride, as you mentioned, came back and won a one other than improved his buyer speed figure 14 points. The runner up a good right. came back and won a maiden special weight race, improved his buyer by nine points. Uh, the fifth place finisher, Nyquist Frequency, came back and ran second behind impressive winner, Air of Defiance, improved by 17 points. Andy's Candy was the sixth place finisher, came back and won a 75 maiden claimer and improved by nine points. It has just been a very, very productive race. There's only one run back that did not improve the second time out. So in all likelihood, that's a race that should have had a faster buyer speed figure. And at the very least, no judgment, did some real running in there. So he's a horse with my uh, strong endorsement on this sequence. Let's close things out in race nine at five and a half furlongs on the turf course, where we've got another big field coming together and a very competitive one at that. Blake, how are we going to close this thing out? Well, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to look past Mr. Turf Sprint, Wesley Ward. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know much about, um, you know, this uh, race in uh, Chile, but winning by 12 and a half links, you know, usually is a quality thing. So uh, I'm going to be uh, using the four on all my tickets. Uh, a couple other horses I want to use in here, Nick. I'm going to talk about a long shot, and that's the six star slugger. Um, not, sh you know, real sure about this conditioner, Taurus Conception. But uh, what I like about this horse is, uh, you know, just, you know, it, that was a really quality race at Indiana. They went fast early. And the only other early speed in this race is uh, drawn out in the uh, nine hole. Congrats on 50. Um, you know, if that one doesn't show up with its best and, you know, the six is able to get an early lead, um, maybe it can take it, you know, take it a long time in here and uh, uh, blow up the board for us in the finale. But uh, the other horse I want to use is the seven gilded ruler for Joe Sharp. Um, you can throw out that last race when it didn't catch the turf. But, uh, you know, this one's got some numbers in here that uh, 
would be awfully competitive. And lastly, the only horse, the, the only other horse I'm going to use in here, um, unless uh, a few of the AEs don't draw in, would be the two vocalized, um, a horse that just rarely runs a bad race. Um, so I'm hoping Louis Saez can get a good stalking trip with this one and uh, prove to be tough in the lane. Makes some sense. I wondered if uh, the three Zar Town is, is a horse that I could find a way into the mix. Bit of a wide trip last out, not necessarily on one of the days at Kentucky Downs where losing ground was a real problem, but still not a great thing to have to do. And I thought this horse maybe outran uh, or maybe ran a little bit better than it looks on paper. I also find myself really uh, taking an extra second, third look sometime with, uh, sometimes with the Cherie DeVoe horses who seem to all be very uh, well-conditioned and, and performed pretty admirably on a regular basis. So I thought that both Judge Davis and Zartownas were horses that were maybe coming out of better Kentucky Downs performances than they look on paper. Blake, anything else to add on this uh, very exciting, very challenging sequence? I was going to say, this is a very challenging sequence. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the chances of uh, a triple carryover, but um, this is this is one of those sequences where, you know, it, it's going to be a very, very difficult sequence. So best of luck to everybody. Enjoy it. Um, and uh, hopefully somebody can take it down. That is exactly right. A tough sequence. I would say it's not out of the realm of possibility that we get a triple carry. It's unlikely, but not out of the realm of possibility. Big thanks to Blake Jesse for joining me going over this sequence. If you're an In The Money Plus member, look out in the next 40 minutes or so for the Keeneland Daily Journal. Make sure you are on board for all the Breeders' Cup content that you will continue to see coming out on a regular basis. I'll be back with the Players Podcast tomorrow. Going to have four, maybe even five guests on to cover that. Pete uh, making sure that he gets his pound of flesh from me. Hopefully he won't listen to this. Talk to you later, guys. Best of next until next time. Best of luck.